better call somebody. What is up, Caden Reeves, Mike Davis, episode four, The Tales from Lake Crib. Mike, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's Sunday. Had a long work week. Still got to see Oppenheimer. Had a productive week. Feeling good, you know. What, what more can you ask for? You know, and you really can't ask for anything else. Uh, you know, we have a chance to talk to the millions and millions of the Lake Crib fans. And, you know, we always have a great time with that. Um, you know, like you said, we had a long week. You know, I worked seven days this week. I got five more uh, coming up straight. Um, but, you know, we did go see Oppenheimer tonight. You know, we got to go see a great movie. We've got more coming on that later. But first off, I heard that you have a funny little Cracker Barrel story to tell us. I do. So, um, speaking of which, six days in a row. So, I know it's nothing compared to what you're about to put yourself through, but uh, I can, I can kind of relate. I can get there a little bit. But, um, yes, so this week we had a, a family come in, and, they, you know, they ate at one of the tables, whatever. One of their kids took out his retainer to eat, forgot it in the napkin. We bust the table, whatever. Retainer gets thrown away. Right, these guests not only have two managers like dig through the trash to try and find this retainer, didn't find it. They then took four bags of trash home with them. They took, like, they took our trash. Yes, like, like Cracker Barrel, like trash, like so food leftovers, you know, drinks. That trash is nasty. I, it's dude. gross. Like, so it's like they took like people pour people pour the leftover drinks in those trash bags. Yes, so they're filled with liquid too. Yeah, and I was asking, so they were, it was like all over the radio, and I was like, what? Like, there's no way. So I was like, what? What? So anyways, I was asking them, and I was like, uh, what do you mean they took the trash? And I'm like, oh, yeah, like they, they loaded it up in the back of their car. Four trash bags full of garbage loaded up in the back of the people's car. Dude, it's not that deep. It's really not that deep. Like, there's no need for that. I wouldn't want you, – you could, you could clean it with whatever – I would not That's what, dude. ever want to put a retainer back in my mouth that has been in a restaurant's trash bag. No shot. Filthy. Absolutely disgusting. But, you know, that was, that was my funny Cracker Barrel story of the week. You know, we, we have other stories from Cracker Barrel. Not so funny, not so pleasant. We're not going to get into them. That's horrifying. I, yeah. don't even, I don't even want to think about that. But anyway, you know. Yeah, and you know it was probably one of like those moms who's like, the, as soon as he found it in the trash, now put it back so you don't lose it. But mom, it's covered in muck. I don't care. Put it back. And he's... <laughs> oh, don't ever make that noise. That's... Oh, okay, we're moving on. But, you know, we on the way home from Oppenheimer, we went to go to Walmart to go pick up a couple things, pick up some dinner. And you left your wallet, so we wound up going back to the movie theater. And, you know, in that little adventure, you know, going back and forth a couple times, we put together a concert set list, Kid. We did. And, and I mean, we got pretty in, pretty in-depth with this, it. This would possibly be, become the greatest tour of all time. <laughs> More than a million copies sold. I'm not nope. surprised. <laughs> um, anyways, no, definitely be a great tour. Um, I, think, I think it could rival... Elton John, possibly. Could rival Elton John, <laughs> uh, Elvis, you know, Freddie Mercury, Taylor Swift. Bring it. Yep. 
we're, we're coming for everything. Anyways, uh, so me and Mike were like, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to really dive into what this podcast is all about, sharing the thoughts and minds of Cade Reeves and Michael Davis. Yeah, so really, this uh, these aren't necessarily original thoughts. These are thoughts we had earlier. So we're just going to try and recreate the, the conversation for you guys and let you guys hear little snippets of the songs and, um, you know, just really show you guys what we think would be the the show of shows, if you will. So, Caden, go ahead, go ahead and take us away. So, the first song is going to come on, and this is going to be our, our our buddies, Steven and Merrick. You know, they're going to do a little stand-up, a little, maybe a little... Little, little hype man, get, get, little, get little, the crowd a little ready. A little impromptu wrestling, possibly, I mean... Well, who knows? Who <laughs> Why knows? not? It's their time. It's they their can use time. It for whatever they want. Me and me and Mike are gonna be mentally preparing for for the show of a lifetime backstage. So, anyways, cut end of, end of their stand up routine. Whatever they're doing, they're gonna cue this. They're gonna cue this one up, and this is gonna be me and Mike's entrance music. It's gonna be a it's a little WWE reference for all of our fans out there. Are you ready? So at this point in time, me and Mike are going to be, you know, raising, raising from the platform, or so you think. It's not even us. It's not. It's actually two mannequins that look like us, because what happens next is even better. Mike, take it away. So next, we're going to have, um... just to paint you guys an image, at this point, all the lights have, have dimmed. And the fog machine is going. Yeah, you know, the fog machine's going. There's a single spotlight on the stage. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you, hear, you hear this song start coming through. Glorious. No, I won't give in. And who else than the one, the only... Main event, Mike Davis. You know, rising up from, from the stage, and, you know, I come out, you know, you, the, the smog, uh, fog machine's going, everybody's losing their minds, and I start pointing up to the top of the stadium, right? Yes. What, what happens next? You know, Steven starts going, he's pointing to the heavens. And all of a sudden you hear... I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. And there I am. I've got the look. Zip lining in from the heavens to the stage, you know, high-fiving fans on the way down, giving the people what they want. I'm all about giving the people the show of a lifetime, if you will. That's what we're all about. That, that, that is what we're all about, Caden. And now that we're both on the stage, you know, the crowd's ready. They're, they're amped ready up. Party, they're feeling it. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you've, got, you've got the music going and the lights go black. And then all of a sudden you hear... You, you might think something has gone wrong. Yeah, you, you really might, and, and we let we let that we let that linger for a little bit, so that way we can you know kind of build on that energy, and then all of a sudden you hear this. And we're and we're there. We are. And everybody's everybody's rocking, everybody's rolling, you know. Little uh, everybody by the Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's back. All right, every everyone everyone knows the song, everyone knows the dance. If you've seen, this is the end. You know, you know the moves. 
And you know, it just it gets it gets the crowd going, gets gets the blood pumping. It, it, it really starts the party off right. It really does. But but we don't want to we don't want to go too fast, too hard. So we decided we were gonna you know tone it back a little bit. Take take a take a take a chill pill, if you will. Little classic '80s song. Next, we're going right here. If you know me and Mike, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, one of our all-time favorite songs. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic. Um, it's, just, it's just the 80s. It, it really is. Uh, you know, and, and that's a song that you know, every time it pops up on my phone or on the radio, I stop and listen to it. Uh, but you know, it's, it's smooth for everybody. You know, it kind of gets everybody swaying, gets everybody singing. Everyone's okay? feel, feeling the vibes. And then you know, we're going we're gonna to take a little detour. You know, we're we're gonna leave the little the little pop music scene. We're gonna take a little detour down south, little okay. little country back road. You know, it, specifically Baton Rouge. You know, and and I, I really do like that detour. You know, you hear the fiddles. You know. Every, it, it, every, it makes you want to, you know, makes you want to stomp your boots. Everyone stomping their hands. boots, clap their hands, you know, just everyone having a good time. Just have a great time. Absolutely. And then, you know, we've had a good time. You know, we've, we've got everybody in the country mood now. We're just going to keep on rolling with it. We're just going to ride right into this one. After that, you know, everyone's feeling the country spirit. We, we don't want them to solely see us as country artists, so we do have to throw in a few curveballs there, you know. Keep everyone on their feet. Keep everyone up and, up and at them for what we're going on. So we're actually going to go ahead and speed things up just a tad. You know, this next song, very familiar hook, but it has, it has a little twist, a little, a little Mike and Caden twist. It's going to be this one right here. And you see that mic is actually Elvis, but you hear that Britney Spears toxic riff. You know, and, and you hear the beat at the beginning. Everybody thinks that we're going to be performing toxic. But we're not and, like and, that. And we're, we're not. I mean, we could definitely perform toxic. Don't uh, get me absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. But then we hit them with a little bit of Viva Las Vegas. And everybody's and like, like Whoa, whoa, that just happened. Exactly. Is that even legal? Yeah, it, it's not. It shouldn't that's be. That's the thing. We we get away with it anyway. That we do. Um, but then you know we we've got that one. We've sped it back up. Everybody's excited again. You know we kind of want to ride that roller coaster. You know keep that energy flowing. Keep it on a roller coaster of emotions. So then this one's also going to be a little throwback. It's one of my favorite songs. I know it's one of your favorite songs. Uh, at this point, we would invite the original artist to come up on stage with us. Uh, that would be Mr. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton with Islands in the Stream. Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. But yes, and we we would have to get the original the original duo out there to sing with us. 
that might be the performance of a century. And it really would be. Quite literally, the performance of a century. It, it, it would be a great performance, and you know, it, it would really get you know, the fans excited to see those two people. But then after this, Caden, we're leaving the stage. Okay, we're leaving Kenny Rogers, and we're leaving Dolly Parton to sing two songs, nine to five, and, and the they're going to sing The Gambler. Okay? Absolutely. Just, you know, and our, our concert's not just about promoting us. You know, we want to give tribute to absolutely. our... To musical our, inspiration. Absolutely. The ones who inspired us to become, I guess, worldwide sensations exactly. at this point. But then, you know, uh, they would take a little, they would take a little look, uh, like a little sneak peek of, you know, let's check on Mike and Caden while, you know, they're getting a sip of water or whatever. And it would pan to us in a room, just like playing WWE on the, on like the PlayStation. And we're like, oh, oh yeah, we're coming guys. We'll be right back out. Give us five. Yeah. And so then Finish they, were, the match. And they, said they perform another song. And then all of a sudden, you know, the lights start getting darker. Everything starts going black. And all of a sudden you hear, Oh, you didn't know? And New Age Outlaws. WWE's bad boys. You know, they really were. You're part of DJ, D-Generation X, one of our favorite tag teams of all time. Um... But, you know, it really gets the fans involved. Uh, you know, it really gets them, you know, saying what you're saying with them. You know, and everybody's going to get excited. Everybody's ready to get the party rolling again. And that's going to lead us into our next song. What you got, Caden? And, you know, kicks out my heart. Everyone recognizes that initial guitar riff. And it automatically gets that. It, it automatically, you're like, gets the let's blood, go. Gets the blood pumping and everyone's ready to rage. And you know we're just gonna keep that that upbeat tempo as this is probably gonna be our like our final three songs. So uh, we're gonna keep it rolling with uh, this one by the Scorpions. And that is "Rock You Like a Hurricane" by the Scorpions. You know, still that same energy, blood's flowing, blood's pumping, everyone's amped up, we're all hyped, crowd's going crazy, and, and, and we're still rising. We're still we're still going, okay. Of course. And so, as Bar- what, Mike, you're the you're the high metro mother expert. What was the famous line by Barney Stinson? Barney Stinson said that any good playlist should be all rise. See, people think it should be rise and fall, is what he said. You know, it should have a good song, slow it down a little bit, bring it down, bring it back up. He said you should start high and go even further. And what better way to end a show than by going higher? I'm actually going to throw a curveball to you after this one, Caden, okay? All right. So this is going to be... I can't hear curveballs. Like we do like, know that. Like, you can't, okay? So you're going to have to stay with me on this All one. All right. Um, Watch for the hook. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're going to end... This is going to be like our final song in quotes because it's it's we're going to come out for an encore. All right? But it's going to be two encores because this is technically a first encore, but we got another one coming. That, that was just a costume change. Absolutely. So then we're going we're gonna to finish it off for the first time with this one. Shot to the heart, and you're too late, darling, you give love a bad name. Electric. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. That's and, amazing. And that's one that the crowd can really get involved in. Everybody loves Bon Jovi. Everybody loves this song. You know, it's, it's really just the staple of let's get psyched. Absolutely. And, you know, the guitar riff there, long enough to play us out, give our thanks, you know. We love you. Good night, Jacksonville. Or 
Good night, world, because this might be the biggest concert of all Broadcast time. Broadcast it to the world. Abs- um, absolutely. But then, you know, we leave the stage. Everybody's excited. Everybody's, one more song. You know, we everybody's want one. more. Everybody, mm-hmm. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, you start, you start getting like a southern rock music start feeling, start playing. It starts flowing a little bit, all right? Everybody's like, okay, it's not done. Okay, we come out, we perform this one. Simple Man. That is one of my favorite songs of all time, Caden. You know, I feel like, you know, this is something that you are the just, epitome. You want to be the epitome of a simple man, of course. Uh, but you know, we can we can use this song as a way of just you know using different lighting, you know, using different fog machines, really just making it a performance, okay? And so then we're gonna go from that one. We're gonna go right into this one as a tribute to Ronnie Van Zant, the the late lead singer of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Freebird, excellent guitar solo. One of the most famous guitar solos of all time. One of the most famous concert moments of all time. Whenever the whenever Leonard Skinner was touring with the Rolling Stones and the Rolling Stones used the tongue on the end of the stage as part of one of their props, it was actually a rule that if you toured with the Rolling Stones, you could not go out onto the tongue. And uh, whenever they were playing the guitar solo to Freebird, Ronnie Van Zant kept pushing his guitar, uh, the guitarist to keep going further, and he wouldn't do it until finally Ronnie Van Zant pulled him all the way to the end of the tongue and made Mick Jagger so mad. But the fans, because they were uh, touring in London, and Leonard Skinner's a bunch of rednecks from Jacksonville, the fans loved it. The more you know. The more you know. Anyways, at this point, you know, we've been played off. The people are still going mad. They're going crazy. They're waiting on that one more song. And the, you know, one, the one that they know us for, Caden. And, you know, me and Mike being men of the people, if you will. We can't, we can't refuse the chance to give the people what they want. If the millions and millions of Lake Rib fans are chanting our names and chanting one more song, we're giving it to them. And, and who better? We, we haven't played a song from By This Guy. He's one of our favorite artists. Who better to close out the greatest show of all time they're one of the greatest performers of all time. Then Mr. Elton John. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero. And, you know, I think that would just be a, a fantastic song to, to end the show. It, it could possibly, it could leave fans leaving in tears. I mean, something magical, something something moving that they might you know, have just witnessed. And it may, it, it sends them home in a, in a good mood. Sends them home on a high note. You know, everybody, everybody likes that song. You know, that's the song that artists stand on stage while everybody in the, in the audience is waving their flashlights on their phone. Well, and, and I think, and I've seen it on multiple occasions, like when fans are singing their song and the artist kind of just takes a moment to like take that in, not even singing, right, so, and they're just watching the fans react. It's such a beautiful So we moment. talked about whenever, uh, we talked about last week when me and my mom went to that Dirk, uh, the Dirk Spanley concert. Uh, I forget who was performing and what song it was, but they were singing and they stopped and you could hear the audience singing. And my mom, she's like, that's how you know you've made it. And that really is. Like when you can stand there and you can hear 
thousands upon thousands of people singing a song you wrote, you produced, you sang, you made it famous, and now they're singing it back to you. Pretty cool feeling. That's insane. Absolutely. Speaking of reaching thousands upon thousands, Oppenheimer. I don't, I don't get what kind of joke you're trying to make there. I don't know if that's a distasteful joke, but they did reach thousands. They've made millions of millions of dollars in the first week of the movie. That uh, was really a simple, exactly. I'm trying to transition from one segment to another. <laughs> but hey, let's make um, it weird. All right. Anyway. We um, saw Oppenheimer. You know, it, didn't, it did not perform as well as Barbie, but I will say I did like this movie a whole lot better than Barbie. We haven't really had a chance to fully talk about it yet. We haven't. We refused to talk about it. We, we kinda, talked we, about a couple things that we would not talk about on the podcast. But, you know, this is the first raw, uncut discussion of the Tales from Lake review of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. It was breathtaking. We watched it in IMAX, and the, the monumental, I guess, like overall, I don't know, just the movie was pretty breathtaking. It really was. It was uh, very interesting. It kept me interested throughout the from the very beginning to the very end. Which can we just say three hours long? A very long movie, but it didn't feel like it. It didn't. It, it the way Christopher Nolan broke it up and how he told the different parts of Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's life kept it very entertaining, very watchable. I wouldn't say I, it's a rewatch. Like it's probably like a maybe once, two times once a in year. A while. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was a very good movie. It was produced. It was it was directed very well. Um, Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm not sure either. The guy from Peaky but, Blinders and yeah, um, played Scarecrow in uh, the Dark Knight series. Yeah. Um, but you know, he did a very good job. Robert Downey Jr. did an amazing job. Florence Pugh did a very good job. Um, who else? Who played his wife? It Mary was um, to uh, Jim. Yep, Jim Halpert. Emily Blunt. Jim Halpert. Fat Halpert. <laughs> It was uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. That's who it was. She did a very good job. You know, everybody in that movie did an amazing job. Star-studded cast, by the way. Absolutely. We didn't really talk about that, dude. We didn't. Josh Peck. Every, he was in it for like five minutes, but it made like 2006 me like, hey, I know that he's guy. He's out of San Diego. What? Well, Don't dare star Drake. Uh, oh, dang. Whoops. <laughs> um, not a big deal. Move past it. Um, but no. Which I thought it was funny, like Josh Peck did like nothing, like didn't really have a main contribution to the whole movie until. And he was the one who pressed yeah. the button. <laughs> he was the one that like dropped the test for the atomic like, he bomb. He was the one who like it actually mattered what he did at the end. Yeah. Um, but the movie is a travel through Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's um, involvement and um, management of the Manhattan Project during World War II, which was the creation of the atomic bomb. Uh, which, as we know, has become a huge topic of debate in our world. Uh, we will not get into that, but... They do, I mean, they touch... They do. They do very much so, and they do a very good job of it um, with some opinions that, you know, we, we've talked about that we will not share here. Um, but, you know, it, it does carry through his travels and his life through that time period and the time period after where there was a lot of betrayal, there was a lot of uh, backstabbing, and there was a lot of corruption in our government. And, it, and I think it just, once again, touch, touch back on the fact Robert Downey Jr., excellent job. Cillian Murphy, excellent job. Just a lot of star-studded actors and actresses. And just, if, if, you, if you go see that, the only thing I would recommend 
brace yourself for, you know, audio overload. Uh, definitely go see it in either IMAX or Dolby Vision if you're going to an AMC theater. Um, just because the, the video quality, uh, the, the audio quality, but whatever that, the, the explosion that you've been waiting for, be ready. It, it might be sound cliche, but I'm just going to say it. If you're going to see it, see it big. That, I think that's only maybe a quote that Christopher Nolan used. Like, if you're going to see it, see it big. That's, that was but anyway, De Niro. Um, but, you know, it, I thought it was a great film. Uh, you know, you thought it was a great film. Let's, let's get a little, get a little rate movie rating. I'm honestly going to say probably a 9 out of 10. I was yeah, I, I, I honestly would have said a 9 or a 9.5. I thought it was a very, very good movie. I was, I was thoroughly it, enjoyed it. I thought it was very much better than the reviews it got. I, I believe Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 91 from audience. And okay, but Rotten Tomatoes is like actually hardly ever right, to be honest. Well, all right. The more you know. Exactly. Hey, let's, uh, let's wrap this episode up with the annual draft. Maybe not the annual, but the weekly draft. The draft. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, um, I came up with the, with the idea for this week. Uh, we chose movie franchises. So, Caden, I chose the topic. You got the first pick. What you got? First pick, give me the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the Avengers franchise. That's the number one pick. And there's, no, there's no discussion needed. Two of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um and they came out within a year of each other. It's been going since 2008. It's 2023 now. Most movie franchises don't really make it that long without having, you know, completely falling off. Uh, but great pick, or, or with, like, years years, yeah, in between, which is going to, I believe, lead to your... Lead into my pick, which is going to be the Star Wars franchise. Another solid, solid I, I solid believe pick. that's definitely the number two overall pick. It is 100%. Star Wars changed the movie franchise. It really did, and e- even if your views on the prequels or, I guess, now the sequels are, there's still enough redeeming qualities in. I there, think all those there movies. is still something that you can find with each movie that you can be like, I enjoyed that. That was Star Wars. I mean, even the Phantom Menace, dude. Darth Maul's sick. Exactly. Even the Last Jedi. Never mind. See, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, second, my second round pick. I'm gonna. Give me Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, I think we're picking in, in order of what it should be right now. Great pick. I loved Harry Potter as a kid. I still love Harry Potter. Um, but why don't you give us your reasoning, Caden? I'm a big fan of the Harry Potter movies. You know, I have only actually read three of the books. Guilty. I plan to read them. I just haven't yet. They're, they're too long, man. The, the fifth book is 860 pages. Dude, J.K. Rowling had a story to tell. Ain't nobody got time for that. But um, also, recently, I mean, the Hogwarts Legacy video game, I know it's getting, like, mixed reviews. I loved it. It was the last See, game. See, um, I don't have 25 hours of my time to invest into playing that video game. Oh. I sound like a nerd, but it is well worth it. Anyways, Mike, uh, let's dive into your, your second rounder. I'm, I'm going to bounce right off of Harry Potter. I'm going to go Lord of the Rings. See, I've only seen, seen them all the way through once. They're good. They're the, the, and I think it's mostly it, it based could, on like the 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 world building. That's because fair. That, because that was like the first franchise for anything that had like crazy world like world creation like that. When if not, when were those books written? The thirties. 
Yeah. Tol- yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote those, and I think the first one came in, like, 1932. Yeah, so that was before Game of Thrones. Yeah, before so, Harry yeah, Potter. so any, before, way before any of that. Exactly. Um, way before even, like, your, your future dystopians or well, your, say, even, your, your utopians, so your utopian novels. There's a, there's a good chance that any of, like, those modern or even, like, semi-modern works were in, inspired somewhat by whatever. Yeah, of course. And, 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 I mean, they all are. Um, but, you know, Lord of the Rings, I feel like it's it's a movie franchise that has stood the test of time. It's had spin-off franchises with the Hobbit franchise um, there was that, a, that, uh, that has done very well. There was a Prime show. Amazon there was Prime. a Prime show. And, and it's it still to the, stood the test of time, you know, a was it like 15 20 years later um so you know it's just i i think that it's it's up there with the greatest of all time for my third round and final pick i hyped it up a couple weeks ago i'm gonna stick with it give me indiana jones indiana jones it's a great pick um i'm not a huge indiana jones fan we've heard but uh, except the crystal skull is cool i knew you were gonna do that you see, I knew you were going to wind up saying something about that. Callback. Um, but anyway, so now i got to think of a new third-round pick, because that was mine. But give me Jurassic Park. I was never a dinosaur kid. I, I wasn't either, but I love the movies, man. I, I understand, like, the appeal. There was, a few, there was a few picks that ran through my head. Like where I, That's actually where I got that from, was whenever you said that earlier. Okay. See, I couldn't remember my original third round pick, so I was like, I mentioned Indiana Jones as one of my honorable mentions, but um, but back to what I was talking about. There's a few of those franchises that I don't find, like I personally don't like, but they have a mass following. Transformers, not a huge Transformers fan. See, I loved the first Transformers movie when I was a kid. The rest of them are horrible. Fast and Furious. I've only watched like the I first love Fast four. And Furious. They're so good. That's another one. Fast, didn't really understand Avatar. I like the second one. Not a huge. Yeah, but see, I wouldn't call that a movie franchise. There's only not... two movies. Okay. To to be continued, I guess. For Avatar. yeah, I mean, they're coming out with the third one, but and a fourth one. Yeah, it's going to become big. I still haven't seen the second one. I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Anyways, honorable mentions. I have I have three. I have. Maybe one. So uh, you, you keep going. You start going. I'll think of something. All right. My first one, the American Pie franchise. I've never seen those movies, kid. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. If my mom's listening. All right. If Brenda's not listening, what are your thoughts on the American Pie films? I mean, they're they're funny. Um, I feel like there's... They're, they're they're goofy. They're dumb. They're but they but they make you think like happy about like high it's school. it's like a feel good like coming of age story. Yeah, exactly. of course. Um, but they they are funny. They, I definitely don't recommend them to people because they are stupid. Oh no, they're definitely my guilty pleasure. But yeah, I, I do I do enjoy watching them on occasion. Honorable mention. Go with your second one. I haven't thought of anything yet. Oh, my second one. Is going to be the Sandlot. I like those movies. Have you seen the second one? Have you seen the third one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because most people don't know that there's a third one, and I love the third one. I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid. Um, I think I might have one. Go ahead. We'll wait in silence. Oh, I remember what it was. Rocky. That was your third pick. What that was my original third pick. No, my original third pick was no Indiana Jones was my honorable mention. Yeah. Rocky was my original third pick. Either way, Rocky is a movie franchise that I love. I love the Rocky movies. Uh, Rocky Four, 
single-handedly ended the Cold War. Um, but, you know, I think they're very well written. I think they're very well produced. I think they've uh, done a very good job of the Creed movies and the direction that they're going with that while honoring Rocky but making it Michael B. Jordan's own story. And, you know, I think, I think that they can go, you know, seven movies with this one just like they did with Rocky. And I think it's going to be a very good, uh, something very interesting to keep up with. I just thought of my third pick. It was a Godfather trilogy. Yeah, because you couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. But anyway, let us know what you guys think. Let us know who won this week. Um, you know, you know, my, I didn't tell you this. My mom told me I lost the draft last week. The musicals won. What up? I, w- I was offended. It hurt my feelings. I think we should get a scoreboard. Sco- um, I mean, what was our fourth? I think I'm up two to one, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch me when I'm in the Hall of Fame. Scoreboard. 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 But anyway, uh, that's going to wrap us up for the Tales from Lake Crib this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Vote on who won this week's draft. And if you guys want to hear about anything in particular, let us know. Until then, this has been Main Event Mike Davis. Caden Primetime Reeves. We're uh, going to play ourselves out. In three, two, one.